Welcome to the Royal Caribbean Blog Podcast, a weekly look into the world of Royal Caribbean Cruising. I'm your host, Matt Hotchberg, and this is episode number 295. I've always said that cruising with friends is the best kind of Royal Caribbean cruise, and this week, I think we have a podcast episode to prove it. We're back from the Royal Caribbean Blog group cruise aboard Mariner of the Seas. We completed a back-to-back three- and four-night sailing, which included stops at Coco Cay and Nassau. On this episode, we're sharing stories and thoughts on everything we did throughout our incredible group adventure. Here we go. Okay, we're on board Mariner of the Seas for the very first group cruise back-to-back, going to Cricket Cay not once, but twice. And uh, we'll dive into it, but I'm happy to report we're the first sailing ever to go to Cricket uh, Coco Cay. <laughs> Thank you very much. So uh, let, let's jump into it to uh, talk about everything we've done on the back-to-back cruise, the very first one. And um, Matt, what was... Uh, well, who, who's on the podcast today? I'm Michael Poole. <laughs> oh, I'm Michael Poole, and uh, I'll be hosting the podcast today. Joining me. Joining me would be Matt Hoshberg and Annette Jackson from MEI Travel. Ooh. Welcome to the podcast. When did you join MEI yeah, Travel? Yeah. <laughs> there, there was an Oxford comma in the middle there. Yeah, Matt's from Royal Caribbean Blog, and that is from MEI, and I'm just some guy in California. <laughs> Thank you, Michael, for having me on your podcast. Yeah, thanks for joining me, Matt. So, um, where should we start? Should we start with the first leg? I think it's a good well, place that to start. That would be a good yeah. place to start. Okay. Absolutely. So, um, the first leg we did the three nighter, right? Correct. Three nighter on Mariner of the Seas, and we had excellent weather on the first night. It first, was uh, first leg, rather. It was excellent weather. We um, went to Nassau. Yep. We it was St. Patrick's Day. That's right. We'll start there. You know what? Everyone's expecting us to start, talk about. Coco, Coco Cay, but let's go right to the last day of the cruise, St. Patrick's Day. That's a good place to start, right? Yeah, the last day. Annette found an amazing Irish pub in Nassau. They had wonderful prices of Guinness beer. Okay, I didn't make the, I didn't make the prices jump off on St. Patrick's Day. Well, we wanted to find, we figured it's St. Patrick's Day, we got to celebrate the right way. And we wanted to go somewhere, and lo and behold, there was a Irish bar in Nassau, Shenanigans. And very close by, and I think Annette, we, we, you, I know you called them. We're like, oh, it's St. Patrick's Day. You know, what time are you guys going to open? Because obviously, it's a big holiday. And they were like, what, what was their response? They were just like, they went, why would we open before eleven? <laughs> 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 so, but Matt would not listen to me. So I had to call a couple of times. I just couldn't <laughs> believe that they would like. I mean, St. Patrick's Day is a mate like in the U.S. And I know I was talking with Kenny and some other folks that, you know. In the U.S., in major, almost every city, you know, you're going to have an Irish bar in St. Patrick's Day. They're opening at, like, 9 a.m. would be late, right? It's their Super Bowl. Yeah, it's yeah. the Super Bowl. It's their Black Friday. Yeah. Six. No. Yeah, yeah this, this bar, they raised the prices, so it was the Super yeah. Bowl for them. But, yeah, no, they weren't going to open until 11. It was not, I mean, it was really, it felt like an Irish bar in there. Oh, I mean, definitely. And, you know, the music and the, and the guy in a leprechaun costume. The leprechaun yeah. costume. But, I mean, you know, it was, a, it was a good time. I think we enjoyed it, but... They did definitely jack up the price. I mean, we ended up paying 
was thirty. I bought, I bought at the end. I bought two Guinnesses, one for me and one for Michael, because that's the kind of friend I am. That's right. That's right. And my friendship cost me thirty-seven dollars. <laughs> <laughs> So that was a bit much. Yeah. yeah. But it was still fun. It was a great way to celebrate St. Patrick's Day. Hey, uh, I had a blast, and we had decorations. I don't know who brought all those with the glasses, the Karen uh, yeah. Karen did, yeah. and Becky did. Becky did, yep. It was fun dressing up. I enjoyed yeah. that. That was fun. You guys with the mustaches were kind of funny. Yeah. <laughs> I didn't realize yeah. I had one on my visor the, like, the whole time. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, let's, you want to move over to Oh, yeah. To so um, are we, we're going in reverse order. But, that's what yeah. it sounds like. But that's okay. Uh, mm-hmm. So we were the uh, first sailing to ever dock in Coco Cay mm-hmm. on Saturday. And <laughs> that's photo right yeah. yeah. And so I didn't I didn't realize the pool was open. I don't yeah, know why. I just I just I was excited about using the pier for the first time. Right. Not only we did that, we were the first ever cruise to use the pool. Uh, which is phenomenal. I mean, we can we can talk about that for the whole podcast. Yeah, but. right. Well, that's, I mean, it was it was a really nice surprise because, of course, prior it, it's funny because this episode's coming out what about two weeks I think after this, but the event occurred, give or take, and now, but up till then, I mean, we all assumed we had heard you know some issues with the docking certain certain uh, ships skipping the the their their visits to Coco Cay, yeah. and not only did we make the visit. We docked as the first ship to ever do it, and the Oasis Lagoon, Snack Shack, and Chill Grill were all open for us. So that was like, that was a huge deal right there. That was a win-win. Yeah. Yeah. That we didn't know we were booking, did we? No. No. Not when we did this. Who who knew? We just lucked out. We got lucky. It's advertised as May, so yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. I I used to be in love with the floating bar, but I'm like, now it's all about the pool and Coco Cay. I, I go to the island for the pool, but... It's phenomenal. I think when you guys listening at home or, you know, when you make your first trip there, I think you'll have the same wow factor that we did. I think, and to your point, Michael, we, so on the first leg, we actually, and big shout out to MEI Travel, reserved a number of bungalows for us mm. to hang out at. And we started out the day. I, I went to the floating bar, yeah. and Ron was there, and naturally Michael was there. <laughs> randomly ran into <laughs> the floating bar. <laughs> we knew where to find yeah. you. Yeah. Yeah. But, you know, that's the natural thing we've been doing for the last couple of years or so. Mm-hmm. And then... I think as people started making their way over to the pool to check it out, by the end of the day, yeah. when we got back on board, I think everybody for the second leg was like, we're going to the pool yeah. for the second leg. I mean, there wasn't even a second moment's thought about going to the floating bar or anywhere else on, on Coco Cay for that matter. No. No. The only no. thing, I didn't get to make it to the, the lunch. Did you happen to find the El Loco Fresh there? Yeah, in um, Chill Grill. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. They don't call it that, but it, it, that's what it thing. is. It's the setup yeah. from... Uh, a local fresh was really nice, and uh, the I've been actually like, and I know I talked about some other folks here. Is the the amount of shade was really nice at the chill at the sorry the floating not the floating bar the I know the pool <laughs> bar the pool bar thank you there's, there's a swell bar over there, and there's also the dry bar on the other side of it. Right, but it's massive. The pool is just it's one thing that if you, many of many of us have been to pools in the Caribbean, right? Whether it's Nachicokum right. or Paradise Beach or. Uh, heck, the Margaritaville Beach they, or pool they have in um, Falmouth. Falmouth. Yeah. And they're all really nice. But the Oasis Lagoon, and Royal Caribbean said it's the largest freshwater pool in the Caribbean, which is like, okay, well, it's a big pool, right? But it is a massive pool. Yeah. You can't get it, even with our wide-angle lens, you can't get the whole no, thing no, in the shot. No, no, you can't. No, I tried, you can't. I can't. Yeah. And there were a lot of people in it. There I mean, were there was lot, especially the second leg, which I'm jumping ahead, but yeah. especially the second leg, there were a lot of people in there, and you still had lots of room. Yeah, absolutely. It was, I mean, it was, it was a great space. Uh, extremely photogenic, by the way. Like every yeah. every angle you looked at was was really nice. 
and then it was just also very inviting. Uh, it was really nice to be in there. And I think the other thing that everyone always talks about, I know I Claire mentioned it. Um, I, I think you might have mentioned it too, Michael. But anyway, the the bottom, the the rubber matting. Oh yeah. Is like, I don't know how to explain. If you've been in a, like your, your maybe your buddy's pool that you've been in once or once or twice, <laughs> you know, and it's typical, you know, pool lining. I'm not even it's sure. Like the what, bottom of the playground, basically. Yeah, like yeah, yeah, yeah. The bottom of the playground. Yeah, it's like it's rubberized on the bottom. Memory foam. So it feels really nice. <laughs> yeah, I know that's not going to make any kind no. of major news headlines, <laughs> but it was really comfortable in there and uh, right. Um, well, and it was zero entry at one. You yeah. know, I know it's several people are concerned about that. There was zero entry at one no, spot. No, pool's massive. I mean, you it's have just, they have the zero entry aspect. They have the uh, I don't know what the ledges. Like, what do you call yeah, that? The, the the part of the pool where you can be like um, ledge. The lounge. Yeah, ledge? you can just I don't lounge in there. It. Where it's like you know maybe a couple inches deep, but it's meant to like just like sit in it. Um, so it was really. I mean, there's just it was a massive pool, and even exactly. on the second leg, yeah, Paul. they advertise the number of gallons. I'm not sure how many gallons. Yeah, right. Gallons, I think I saw. Oh, yeah. Did you see the, the maximum occupancy was 2,210 people. Was there a sign? Oh, really? It was a sign from the back. Oh, so let me repeat that. that. What is it? 2,210 people maximum. So the pool maximum occupancy. I'm not sure if it's coming across in the audio. 2,210? Those ten. massive 10 people. 10 people. Yeah. So 2,200, no problem. But 2,211? No, sir. You cannot get in this pool. So you're on Oasis class. You run straight to the pool. <laughs> <laughs> but here's the thing that I want to talk about also was that so you have the pool right and right now and, and again we're we're recording this episode at the, the last day of the of the cruise for some of us but um for oh. <laughs> oh. 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 But, uh, yeah <laughs> should we all just leave now <laughs> but we have right now as we're recording this podcast you have the traditional cocoa experience right yep. the beach you have the pool but so right now the distribution is, uh, let's say, you know, most of the people I would still say are at the beach. Mm-hmm. Uh, maybe a third or so are at the pool. And there are some people that say on board the ship, right? But now fast forward. Think about this. As we move forward to May and beyond, now we have the pool. We have the beach. But also we have the water park and the, the kids line. thing. The, yeah, all the other activities yeah. that are there. I mean, people are concerned about this being, like, really packed or anything like that. I mean, even with just the pool and the beach, it never felt crowded at no. the pool. Mm-mm. So to ha- add the, the water park to it, I think it's really um, – there's a lot of space right. there. And well, this is a big ship. I mean, it's Mariner of the Seas. This isn't, you know, Enchantment or anything like that. You right. know, it's, 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 it's handling it really, really well. Um, and I really enjoyed the, uh, the, the whole day over there and um, – and the nice thing was on the second leg, they had those um, umbrellas, which is really nice. So, And those are also complimentary. I think that was a pretty common question. On yeah. Yes, Everyone was. was like, are the umbrellas free? Is the yeah. pool free? Pool's and free. you can. You, pool is complimentary. Right. Uh, chill Grill is complimentary. Yeah. Snack Shack is complimentary. Um, so it's, it's, it's a great start. And I know I was talking, I'm going to, uh, I don't mean to paraphrase you here, Paul, but I know I, I'm calling out uh, Paul Crow here because there are a number of people who prior to this were kind of concerned about the... The change yep. in, in, in mm-hmm. cocaine, Michael, and I know that you've heard from right. that as well, both online and in person, right? People are saying like they were worried or concerned about the the effect of the changes. I mean, would you agree that it yeah. seems like that's that's not so much the issue anymore? Yeah, I think that when when change happens, it's generally people are thinking, oh, it's not going to be the same that we used to experience. But once they get over the island and see it in person, it's, mm-hmm. it's a game changer. Mm-hmm. I mean, they're the first ones there to kind of take the island experience to a, almost a mini theme park. But um, mm-hmm. I think a lot of those that were posting negative, they're going to love it. Yeah. 
I think I think it's a fair thing to yeah. say as well. And I think it's amazing we're saying that, and there's only a small. Part I know. Been done. There's so much we didn't get to I, actually so see. We, we could see construction, but you know we couldn't get over there. Right. Yeah. Uh, let's talk about Mariner of the Seas, though, because of course, okay. um, you know, that was going full backwards now. Back, <laughs> yeah. on, back on Mariner, Mariner got its amplification. As many of you noted, I'm the last person to go on Mariner <laughs> since her amplification. Um, what did you like the most, Michael? What stands out to you the most about Ooh, Mariner? So it's weird. It's like the first cruise, we were all about like the bamboo bar and kind of experiencing those like new cocktails. And, you know, there's photos on the wall of some other listener, podcast listeners are still there. But mm-hmm. this cruise, I feel like we. We were shifting more towards playmakers, but there's just so much to offer. Yeah. Um, you know, the pub is still there, and we still love the pub, but, the, you know, it's now it's all about the new venues in a way. And, yeah. and, um, and we can talk about the restaurants here in a second, too, but just the bars themselves, phenomenal. The pool deck, uh, really great. They have the sky bar with umbrellas up there, nice modern decor. Um, so just... It's almost like you can't do it all in three days. Yeah. I guess that's why we did (laughs) back-to-back. Right. Explains it. Right. Yeah, no, the the ship was really impressive. Um, You know, it's funny. I did it almost in reverse in a way because I went on Navigator after her amplification prior to coming on Mariner. So for me, it was completely new seeing on Navigator. And it's interesting to see the comparing contrasting of Mariner and Navigator and how it kind of um, it differs or it's similar. And... Um, you know, the thing with, with Mariner is, like you said, Michael, there's so much that's going on on the right. ship, which is really nice. And I think that's really what the amp, the Royal Amplified program is really trying to do, is just adding a bunch of things to do on there and really enhancing the active level activities. Now, certainly to say that, you know, prior to amplification, we had a great time on it. It's a great right. ship. But to be able to take advantage of everything they've offered on board, I think is really, you start to see that. And when you go on an Amplified ship, Versus a non-amplified ship, I think you start saying, "Oh, wow, there's quite a bit here that you know is different or, or interesting or stands out to you." No, I'm like enchantment. Who? No. <laughs> <laughs> so wait, what's your current? No. What's your favorite yeah. ship now? Because officially, Michael's favorite ships have been. Wait, let me get this right. Oh boy, Liberty, well, Mariner before Liberty, right? Uh, I think it was Navigator. Navigator, sorry, Navigator, Navigator Liberty. Yeah. Uh, enchantment, Majesty for like oh. a hot second. <laughs> So where are you now? It's got to be Mariner of the Seas. Uh, yeah. And, you know, I haven't been on Navigator yet as we're recording this. Uh, definitely going on it soon. But Mariner just, it has everything. Everything I feel like you could want, especially with a weekend getaway. You know, if you can get away for just a short amount of time, you're going to have a phenomenal time. I think it's a really important tip as well because, mm-hmm. you know, I was talking to Annette about this. When when I first started Royal Caribbean Block Podcast and people would say, oh, I'm new to cruising, or I've cruised other cruise lines. I want to do a short cruise, you know, weekend cruise, three or four nighter, right? And it'd be like, great, you want to try Royal Caribbean? And they're like, yeah, I want to do a three, four nighter. Should we book Enchantment or Majesty yeah. of the Seas? Because those are the ships that were doing the, the three and four nighters. And it was almost like, like, they're not bad ships. They aren't bad ships. But, you know, compared to some of the other three and four night options that are out there on the market, I hate to say it in pale in comparison. Well, it's yeah. not what they see in the commercials. Right. Though. You see the commercials and you see that, and then you go, well, Majesty doesn't really quite have that, even, you know, and, right. and you know, yeah, I'll be the first to admit that. <laughs> <laughs> but now, in 2019, we have Mariner, it's soon to be, here's the lineup, going to be Mariner's coming up to Port Canaveral. So you got Mariner of the Season, Port Canaveral, and doing three and four nighters. And you have Navigator doing three and four nighters mm-hmm. in, um, in Miami. It's a very compelling choice. Yeah, I agree. They definitely know what they're doing for the weekend getaways, and um, it, it, I feel like sometimes people think that the the new upgrades is all about the new 
I don't know what's the term I'm going here for the the twenty and thirty year olds, the millennials. There, there we go. Yeah, yeah, millennials. That's the word. But I don't feel like it has to be like that. Um, no. I think the venues kind of cater to all audience, and and Ron Hiller is definitely approved. You know, he was a playmaker, and so he was having a great time. <laughs> He's an old guy; he likes them. But I'm iPad, you know, we were yeah, yeah there are lots right. of adults yeah. bouncing up and down, and yeah, I think you know, there's doing the water. Slide. I think the appeal is multi generational. Right, I agree. Yeah. But I, I think that there's absolutely. It's not to say that because there's SkyPad, the Florida's been here, but let's look at the Florida, the water slides. That they are exclusively for people who are under the age of, I don't know, forty or under, right? It's not right. the case at all. I think there's really appeal for mm-hmm. for all for all ages, and I think the fact that it is those quick three night cruises. You know, when we were on leg one, I think I speak for everyone here in the audience that if we had just on the three nighter, you would have felt like I, I had no time to do anything, right? Because you've only seen half the ship, right? Because the itinerary is you you board the ship on day one, day two you're in Coco Cay, day three you're in Nassau, and then you're back, and then it's like. That was it. Yeah. You know, you don't have time yeah. to do all those kinds of things. So, um. so I was going to say, we could talk a little bit about entertainment. I know I didn't make it to any of the main production shows, but <laughs> I, I did make it to the ice where, show. Where were you, Michael? <laughs> <laughs> so if you're not into, you know, the Bamboo Bar or Playmakers Bar, there's definitely entertainment on board. Yep. Um, the ice show is phenomenal. I, I loved it so much. I went twice. Uh, really great show, and then there's you know pub singers going around, and I played laser tag and I had a blast. Yeah. I, I, Did you I, like it? I loved it. I lost. I accidentally <laughs> bulldozed a kid, but I, <laughs> but it's right. It is complimentary. But one thing I didn't know before coming on this cruise is you have to have reservations for it, but you can't make reservations in the cruise planner, mm. or maybe hit or miss. I don't. I don't know. The concierge made the reservations for me, but they had a standby line and a reservation line, so you could definitely... It does, it does behoove you to make reservations. So, unlike the Oasis or Quantum Class ships, and that's a really good point, Michael, that yeah. you can't book them in advance via the cruise plan. Skypad, you can book, because I book those uh, in advance. But the uh, the laser tag, the Skypad, in addition, there are reservations beyond that. Right. Uh, you can, And Flow Rider, of course, you can reserve... Um, once on board, and I think the point you're probably trying to make is that they need to book it once you get on board. Right, too. right. And the, I remember in the cruise compass there was like open hours to, to do that. Yep. And if you really, really want to do it, you definitely want to make reservations in advance just to lock in a time um, so that you have an opportunity to check it out because they're very, very popular choices. Yeah, it's a seven minute game, and by like minute four, I was like out of breath. I was ready to go. <laughs> it's a lot of fun, uh, and it's included. It's yeah. not an upcharge, so there, I feel like there's still a lot of things to do that are included. And that, what did you like about Mariner? What's kind of stood out to you? I, I gotta say, I, w- I enjoyed Playmakers. Mm-hmm. I'm sorry I keep going back to it, but I'm a sports bar <laughs> kind of person. And again, we were here during basketball tournaments and the NCAA starting, and so that's kind of I, I love the location of it. I liked it on Symphony, but I like it better when it's in the air conditioning. And I had said that on Symphony, that mm-hmm. this is great, but I don't want to sit out and sweat yeah. to watch a basketball game or a football game or something. So indoors was great. Um, and um, I guess say the Bamboo Room. I know this, this cruise, we haven't been in it as much. We were in there maybe more on the first leg, but it's just cool, calm. It's a fun place um, to hang it's out. It's fun. Yeah. It's just fun. I like the vibe of it. It's, it's a really mm-hmm. nice spot. No question about that. Um, Let's talk about dining, though. Michael, you ate at a lot more restaurants than I did on this cruise. Oh, just yeah. just Chops. Chops. <laughs> Chops was great. So I've kind of been on a 
uh, non-chops kick lately. I don't know if I just had too much of it, but um, I went three times. <laughs> Maybe going Maybe every night. <laughs> <laughs> I went three times out of seven nights, so not a ton, but uh, the service was phenomenal. The steak was outstanding. Um, Do you always get the same entree? I know one night I got a New York strip. Okay. It's just to change it up because I was like two nights in a row, the full A, full A. <laughs> but it was outstanding, great service. Uh, it is, I think it was $50 uh, per person on on board, but you can definitely get better deals, you know, on the cruise planner. Yeah, the cruise. absolutely. But I did, oh, and I went to Jamie's Italian. It was uh, a great dinner, so. It's <laughs> <laughs> interesting you say that. <laughs> <laughs> Now I got a chance to eat at uh, you did a Zumi also. Didn't you? I didn't. I did. I oh, you didn't get reservations. Oh, I, I did go one night for free. game tossing. Okay, right. Because I got a chance to eat at a uh, Zumi actually right before this podcast. <laughs> um, Jamie's Italian and Chops, and I thought. I mean, Chops is Chops. To me, it's right. always like right. it's, it's very consistently mm-hmm. uh, good experience. Uh, Jamie's was was great. I think. Um, it's funny because I ate at uh, Jamie's on Navigator about two weeks before this, right. and they have the new menu on there. And it's a little bit, I, I like that. I mm. certainly prefer the newer menu, but it was still very good. I think we had a great time, and there was yeah, the appetizers on Jamie's are just tremendous. It's, it's always my downfall is that right. we order just a bunch right. of like yeah. you do the planks, you do the you do the the garlic bread, you add like one more entre- or one more appetizer and then by the time you get your entrees come out you're like oh god this was mistakes were made you know yes. <laughs> you know and then you just end up eating it all um, so it was very very good uh, playmakers was good as well mm-hmm. yep. I like playmakers quite a bit uh, the I like the chicken sandwich what's your go-to here playmakers guys what's your and what's your well, go-to you playmakers order well see I, I'm just gonna go on and speak to it I've already said it I'm not a breaded wing person okay so okay. not going wings. So sliders is normally sliders. where I go. Ooh, well, I just finished dinner there with Earl tonight, and we ordered the nachos. We got the wings. Order? We got the burger. <laughs> we actually got nine slices of pizza from across the way. <laughs> Imagine that so. pizza. Was that your first time at the pizza place? <laughs> it was. It was. <laughs> We're not talking about that. Um, but I, I love the wings. Uh, the burger's great. I have not tried the chicken sandwich, so maybe I'll do that here in a couple of hours, round two. <laughs> Parmesan, Parmesan fries. Fries, mm. fries are really yeah. good. Yeah, fry game. Price game is good. This is funny. We were at the we we're at Playmakers and Cooking Yo. It's a real website. Yeah, came over and uh, and he was like, "Oh, I'm gonna." Or he ordered nachos for him and his wife, his lovely, his beautiful baby uh, bride. And uh, then I was like, "Well, yeah, you know, I'm sitting right next to him. I was like, do you mind if I sample your nachos?' Sure, go ahead." I might have eaten more of the fair share of nachos I should be eating as, uh, as the someone who's just you know mooching in on his uh, on his food, but it was good. It was it was great. And one thing I know we did on turnaround day. Remember we went to Bamboo Room and we had ordered a bunch of starters as well. Yes, right. yes. And I feel like a lot of people don't realize that a Bamboo Bar also has you know all the car mm-hmm. food items that you yeah. can have and I'm pretty sure Matt ordered everything on the menu because and, and, and in the name of it. Yeah. I know. <laughs> in the name of science we had to try someone's going to ask me Matt what's the food like well now yeah. we know yeah he he kept ordering everything and taking photos and they're like here guys you can have it but we had a lot of sliders and and they were great yeah. they were a great time mm-hmm. good you know little um Small plates, really, right. you know, to, to accommodate that, get you through the day. So that was really nice. And of course, the other thing I really want to talk about the, the second leg, because the second leg, mm. I'm going to talk to. We, we have on the podcast the host of your podcast episode is Mr. Doom and Gloom, 
about spring breakers. <laughs> Michael found so we're on a we're on a three and four nighter over spring break. The three the first leg was, you know, a three nighter. And the four nighter actually to my surprise was that a lot of the spring breakers go on the four night cruise, which I just thought for sure would be the weekend cruise would be the busier one, but anyway it wasn't. And there was uh, you found some website that of uh, they We're all booked through, it, yeah. yeah. And there was like, how many people did you find? I think out? they said there was twenty one hundred spring breakers on this sailing. Yeah, so that's, so that's a lot. I don't care who it is. They had to go to class last Friday. That's the reason why they weren't on the three night. Yeah, yeah, that makes sense. I guess. Yeah. So, but they were on there, and I honestly, I didn't think they was that bad. I think we all kind of they they were they were spring breaky in some cases, but they weren't like they weren't like you know yeah. smashing things or you know they they were I thought they were fairly respectful. In fact, two of them joined us at the bar one day. Yeah. They thought we were fun. We were more fun than their twenty two year old friends. Yeah. Right. No, but they were very well behaved. Uh, I I had no complaints from any of them to be honest. I mean. They were having a blast at the quest, but you know that's the quest. It's a whole other conversation for another podcast. You want to go, want to go no, there? No, we're, what happened we're gonna at save, the quest. We're going to save that one on for another. I podcast. Will, no, I have to give no. credit where credit is due. <laughs> I have to give credit where credit is due because uh, we were on two legs, and in both legs, there were uh, members of our group competed to win. Uh, we had on leg one, we had Sarah Hiller, yep. who represented us on leg one as the female team captain. And on leg two, Claire joined us as as team captain as well. And Michael came out of quote-unquote retirement, which <laughs> <laughs> that's worth Every cruise. Every Every cruise. Well, we're not sure what that means. No. But, <laughs> but it both, won both of them. Uh, not a, it wasn't even close. I think no. the, oh, last night it was wasn't close at all. The second leg was just you guys. Yeah, it was landslide. Yeah, the first crew that was, was a that little... was like a Tennessee game where they just got beat back <laughs> the balls in the, in the bolt game. But it was a lot of fun. Um, it was I good. had bruises all over my body from the game. But yeah, it was a great time. No, but you guys just uh, I mean just that was a lot of fun. So we go there. The reason I go to the quest is if I know someone who's like in the game, right? right. And we've done the quest on Explorer this season, the Alaska group cruise, and uh, of course on this sailing as well. And I think we did on Harmony Symphony. We, we did it on Harmony. Harmony, I think we yeah. Did it on Harmony. No, yeah. Harmony, we didn't play. Where did we place on Harmony? We didn't play. I've but redeemed myself. Yeah, you have. No, you, yeah. you did very, very well. And yeah. uh, that was a lot of fun. It's really cool. Because, of course, Michael and Claire, in Leg 2 especially, are competing against Spring Breakers. Yeah. So people yeah. that are, I don't want to, we won't say significantly they're younger no, than they're, than they're, they're, they're born of them. Right. Yes. right. <laughs> <laughs> and, it, <laughs> and it was, it was, but that's what's, that's what's fun about these group right. cruises. We get to, to do all these things together and 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 engage in these kind of events. I thought it was a lot of fun. It was really nice to be able to uh, to try that out. Um, also, thing we did differently, uh, Annette, we got a chance to go to a great restaurant in the Bahamas because on one right. of the legs we were in Nassau till midnight, and we got a chance to go to uh, what the Maze Grill was that yeah. the name of it? Yes. Um, great spot over by Baja Mar. It's about a without traffic. 10 minute cab right away with traffic well, well traffic and a yeah downpour yeah oh that's right yeah, yeah we yeah. were going over during a downpour so you couldn't see anything they um, were making an echo announcement on board yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but no that was a great it was a great meal for the you know about half the group went absolutely and um it gives you a different view and that's what we were after is a different view of what the Bahamas is because everybody just sees Bay Street yeah, and they see all the stores but once you get out there's other areas and this was definitely the food was amazing and once you it was in a strip mall so even when you pulled up you were like mm-hmm. mm. 
But once you stepped inside, it, it looked better than a lot of places I go to in Fayetteville. Absolutely. Really. Yeah. And Michael, you got a chance to go all around NASA actually between legs one and two. Oh, you did a yeah. lot of oh my gosh. walking. Yeah, we uh, we went over to John Watlin's. Uh, I went to the Great Cliff Hotel, the Great Cliff Chocolate Factory, the Great Cliff Winery, which is a you know it only opened a year ago, mm-hmm. right. and it's six flights. Yeah, Paul Curry was there. He was. Oh yeah, mm. and it's uh, six five dollars for six flights. So oh wow wow. I mean, you can't beat that. And, and the hotel, you can actually walk through it. Kind of hang out. There's no charge to just grab pizza there or whatever. Uh, we went to the cigar area at the Great Cliff Hotel, and then ended up. Well, I guess I, this was just like the fifth stop. I went over to the Jucano Beach, mm-hmm. checked out the Tiki Bar there, and then ended up at Pirate Public. So just kind of uh, all around the island, but great it's day. Funny. I've heard about Pirate Republic for so long mm-hmm. from uh, Kayla and from you and from Paul and it's a great number, I, mean, I think everybody like I think I'm the last person in this room also who's gone on <laughs> gone to Pirate Republic. That's a great spot. Yeah. It is. It, because not only is it fairly reasonable prices for beer, but I like I like darker beers like mm-hmm. IPAs, IPAs as some people may prefer to call it. <laughs> and uh, <laughs> and it was it's it's over, it's funny because you're on the cruise and you're drinking all stuff in the drink package, and then you go to a bar that has you know IPAs and all this other stuff. It's like oh, it's very it's really really nice. It's like oh, this feels nice also. So and I like we, that it's like right by the ship. They have yeah. free Wi-Fi. It's like five six dollar beers. It's clean. It's clean. Yeah. You know, and the staff. So I was there. That was my last stop, and it was like five p.m. And the staff was kind of like now they wanted to start having some fun. Right. So it, it was it was cool because normally when you're in Nassau you leave at five. So yeah. you're on board by you know three thirty or three or sometimes me four fifty nine. But it was kind of fun to stay be able to stay later. I enjoyed that. Yeah. The uh, and the Pirate Republic, if you don't know where, is a bar that is once you exit the port area. Uh, what is it like a five minute walk? Yeah. If that just straight down yeah. the water. You just make an immediate right. Like you're kind of going to Senior Frogs if you know where that is, but anyway, it's it's right out right out of the pier area and it's very very close by. Uh, but you want to tell, Michael? You want to tell the story about Coco K Leg Two? Oh, about man. about the oh. almost oh. didn't make it. You guys sit down for this one. So <laughs> so you know they came on. We were docked in Nassau till midnight, and they came on and said we weren't going to make it due to the high winds and there was no other port that we could go to right. and we were going to stay in Nassau another day until I think it was 5 p.m. Yeah. they said 5 p.m. so we were going to stay there essentially almost 48 hours or close to it and then the next morning at 7 a.m. captain makes an announcement that the weather's clearing and we're going there at noon I believe it was a noon arrival yeah. and so you know were you awake for this announcement uh, well, no. That, that, that wasn't. No, but he came into the room and woke up the whole show. Yeah. 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 So, I don't know. I guess it didn't work in my room. He'll, my fiance was like, we're going to Coco Cay. And I thought she was playing to get me up. I didn't, I didn't actually think we were going. I'm like, no, he said we're not going. But we ended up going uh, a second time. And I had almost more fun the second time than the first time. But yeah. um, phenomenal uh, island. I, just a I, just, I was telling Michael, I was like, because what happened was they canceled the stop. And we were all like, okay, well, we're going to Nassau, whatever. We'll go to bed, right? <laughs> Enjoying the day. And then the next morning, they uncanceled it. Like, I've seen rearranging. You know, yeah. we're going okay, to go on this day or that day. But I, I, I asked Michael, do you ever remember a sailing in which they canceled the scheduled stop and then uncanceled it for the same day? No, it was I crazy. Just, yeah, it was, great, it was a great surprise. The short skirt at the desk because yeah. it was cancel, rebook stuff in Nassau, and then cancel again for Coco Cay. So it's crazy. Yeah, but it was it was a lot of fun. The second day there was 
Uh, it was great weather, actually. It's funny enough that, you know, ironically, they canceled it because of the weather, but it ended up being wonderful out there. And really but then really to be there from 12 to 7. So, again, that oh, was later. Right. Yeah. 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 So... Oh, and speaking of that, by the way, I'm glad you mentioned that because you mentioned 7. We didn't stay till 7 because Michael and I and a couple others in the group got a chance to try the escape room. We did. On on Mariner. Well, they said that our host said it was $1 million um, investment to that escape room. Yeah, they spent a lot. Oh, goodness. We, you know, we arrived. We had a group. I don't know. Maybe it's a 15 of us that yeah. played the game. It's one hour. If you've never played it, it's one hour. Um, this is available in the cruise planner to purchase prior to the cruise. I think it's $19 to play. And... Unfortunately, we we didn't bring home the medal on no. this one. We just—I was thinking about it. We did so well at the end. Like once we got into the groove, we were knocking down puzzles after puzzles after puzzles. We just unfortunately wasted a lot of time in the beginning, like uh, <laughs> searching for the items. We're yeah, like, you know, we, we really didn't. The hardest part about the escape room, in my opinion, is figuring out like getting started, getting that momentum yeah. going. And once we got it, we were getting like you know, boom, 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 boom. Um, but it's just. Unfortunately, in retrospect, we probably wasted a good amount of time in the beginning yeah. just trying to figure it all out. Uh, but it was still fun. Oh, I had a blast. It's fun doing it in a group. And if, even if you're not in a group, you kind of become a group during the game. Whether, you know, at the beginning, everyone's kind of looking around on their own. And then before you know it, you're talking to, you know, there's even kids in there playing the game. And, and they're helping you out, finding clues. But uh, I think if we had ten more minutes, we would have brought it home. Yeah. We, it's funny you mentioned we, There were kids who, how old were the kids in that room? They were like 14? 14. Yeah. Wow. And they were doing some math in their head that I was like, okay, that's the answer. We're going with it. <laughs> but they were really good. We had a really just a wide range of experiences, and it, it really worked out well, and it was fun. I mean, we didn't win, but it was still uh, – the escape room is a really fun experience, especially if you're on a ship that has a dedicated escape room venue like Mariner, Independence, Symphony, Harmony. Um, those are it, – it's a must-do, really, um, because it's, it's just a really, really cool thing. Um, and of course, a lot of stuff that we did. I, I want to make took a quick moment here from your show, Michael. Yeah. And uh, <laughs> thank you for joining, by the way. <laughs> Appreciate it. I want to say a big thank you to MEI Travel, yeah. Annette. You did so much work to make this really, really happen. Uh, a lot of yes, absolutely. Well, and your agents too, because they yeah. get you here, and they, you know, there's a lot of logistics that went down for this cruise, yeah. and between the events and rescheduling and. All sorts of things. Um, it was really a lot of fun, and I think a lot of us really enjoyed having that kind of level of service as well as just a uh, generally good time yeah. all around. No, I enjoy doing it. I love coming with the group and becoming part of it when I can. I'd also point out that the <laughs> Red Velvet Cup case were the breakfast for, I think, 90% of the, of the group cruise. <laughs> I love that it said sweet dreams, but everybody ate them the yeah. next morning. There so. were red velvet cupcakes that were delivered to the room for care of MEI Travel. And I was like, oh, that's great. And then, of course, that... I know. I was like... Hillary was like in heaven. She's like, oh, yes. But they ended up being everyone's you know, breakfast, basically. Yeah. So I got to go somewhere and eat something. So there you mm-hmm. go. Um, well, I was just going to point out, and I know you already, you know, thanked Annette for everything she did, but I was going to say, you know, from day one, we had magnets on our door, our names on it, schedule on our door, the cupcakes. Mm-hmm. It's just a lot of the work that I don't think people see behind the scenes. But, yes, uh, absolutely. Phenomenal job. I appreciate it. Annette. Oh, well, thank you. I like saying behind the scenes. <laughs> Doing little deliveries when nobody knows. Yeah. <laughs> Play it, Santa. Very good. Well, um, you want to wrap this up, Michael? This is your sure, show. Sure. So, you know, this is a phenomenal back-to-back experience. 
Um, you know, I know it's, you finally got on Mariner. I, you know, Matt's my favorite ship, but just a great time with with you know it wasn't the biggest group cruise we've ever been on, but man, we had a blast. I, I loved being able to go anywhere on the promenade and finding a friend that was in this group cruise and being able to just sit down and have a drink with them. So uh, we definitely look forward to the next group cruise in um, July. Yep, Anthem of the Seas, nine nights. If you want to join us for it, there's, there's still, still space. time. There's still space. Don't wait. Like those that were like three weeks ago wanting to join Mariner and come. <laughs> Brandon. Yep. Twinkster. <laughs> and it was sold out. Yeah. But uh, phenomenal time, and I hope you enjoy your third leg, Matt. I'm looking forward to it, yes. <laughs> Thank you, everybody. Great job. Thanks. Bye, guys. Well, we've got time to answer a couple of your emails on this episode. Of course, you can always send your emails to matt at royalcaribbeanblog.com. Our first email is from Pascal Smith, a.k.a. Speed Noodles, where I tell you, Matt, on your most recent podcast, Jose Pena asked about finding out what kinds of shore excursions are available on a cruise before you book it. What I've been doing is I go to Royal Caribbean's website, click on the header, The Experience, and then click on Shore Excursions. From there, you scroll halfway down the page, and you can search Shore Excursions by port or by ship and sail date. I'm sure it doesn't list all of them, but it gives me a pretty good idea of what's generally available. Thanks for all you do. Looking forward to meeting you on the October 2020 Royal Caribbean Blog Group Cruise on Brilliance of the Seas. Pascal, thank you for the email, and that's a really good point. Pascal, good tip there. What Pascal's referring to is almost a catalog of shore excursions that Royal Caribbean offers. And to Pascal's point, I would say that everything listed there is not necessarily what's available on your sailing, but it is exactly a ballpark idea of what to expect, especially if you're going to a port that you've never visited before. It's one thing if you just want to figure out, hey, what's being offered in Cozumel on, the, on your seventh visit there. It's quite another when you're going to Alaska or the Med or somewhere else you've never been before and not sure what Royal Caribbean has to offer. So that's a really good tip. Thank you, Pascal, for that one. Our next email is from Rich from New York. Reds. I have a quick follow-up to a previous email. Do the recent State Department travel advisors for the Bahamas and Haiti, do they have any impact on the Royal Caribbean sailings? Thanks for all you do. You know what, Rich? Thanks for the email. It's a good topic because this topic comes up every couple of months, maybe once or twice a year, where the U.S. State Department offer, issues some sort of a travel advisory to a country that Royal Caribbean offers cruises to. Now, every travel advisory is different, and I don't want to generalize them all and to say that you know the answer I'm going to give you here it applies to them all. You should read them. You should look at where it applies to and the, where is the keyword because, of course, you know, when, you know, the classic example is Mexico. Sometimes they, they have issues there and Mexico is a large country and what happens in one part of the country doesn't necessarily affect what's happening in the rest of the country. So first and foremost, read where it's being affected. Second of all, generally speaking, most travel advisories do not. The one that stands out as one that did impact Royal Caribbean sailings was Turkey. When Turkey went underwent some of its uh, civil unrest issues a couple of years ago, I won't get into the politics of that, but there were some issues there. That led Royal Caribbean to canceling some sailings for, I think, definitely one year, if not two years of sailings. They've since resumed sailings there, but sometimes it does. In the case of the Bahamas and Haiti, it has not impacted the sailings. Primarily because in Haiti, keep in mind, where Lab- the reason why it would be impact uh, Haiti would be Labadee, which is Royal Caribbean's private destination. Labadee is so far and remote away from anywhere in Haiti that it just doesn't affect it. What's usually happening in Haiti is related to, historically speaking anyway, has been related to uh, around the cities and, and Port-au-Prince, its capital. Whereas Labadee is literally in the middle of nowhere. It's It's... Very remote, 
So, in past years, this is, it's never really been an issue. Not only that, Labadee actually has a physical barrier between the mainland and Labadee. Labadee is a peninsula, by the way, if you're not aware of that. So, there is, if you ever go over there, you'd see there's a, there's a barbed wire, there's a wall. It's not like, local Haitians can't simply just wander in there and, and you know, it, it's very much a private enclave. So, from that standpoint, I wouldn't be any, worried at all, and certainly there, there has been no impact on Haiti. In terms of the Bahamas, you know, these are, unfortunately, the Bahamas, like many countries in the world, suffers from, you know, spikes in crime. It can happen, certainly. And there have been no impact in sales. Rokerman's not canceling any stops in the Bahamas. Uh, and we're talking about the Bahamas. We're primarily talking about Nassau here. And I was just in Nassau on three separate occasions. Uh, you heard about two of those here on this week's episode of the podcast. But I can tell you that, you know, like all ports, I always tell people, look, number one, read the advisor. Number two, uh, if, if you're concerned about number, you know, you should definitely make plans in advance. Don't wander off necessarily. Uh, although I did do that, actually, when I was there, I was we on my last leg of the Nassau sailing, we just walked around the greater downtown area, if you want to call it that. We went over to the Great Cliff Hotel, check that out. Um, you know, so that's not to say that you shouldn't walk around without anybody, but I'll, I'll point out that if you're truly concerned about it, you know, plan excursions in advance. That way, you're going from ship directly to the excursion, directly to private transportation to bring you from point A to point B. And it's again, it's not to say that what you're doing, you know, you you should ignore it. I think that it's important to take it into context, and that in a lot of cases, these the, the, these warnings stem from a certain event or something that happens. And at the end of the day, the thing I always point out is that. You know, the governments here in these countries, whether it's Mexico, whether it's the Bahamas, whether it's Haiti, I mean, they recognize that tourism is a huge part of what they're trying to do. And in a lot of cases, especially in Mexico, a lot of the issues tend to be outside the area that tourists tend to go to because in a lot of the cases, they're trying to get social or or civil change instituted. So going after tourists really isn't going to do that. It's more about, in fact, that's, you know, that's... Uh, biting the hand that feeds them. In, in most cases, they're going after, you know, I, I believe anyway, the institutions and, and government forces that are there. Anyway, the bottom line is, in general, outside of that whole Turkey situation, um, I, I feel like it's not nearly as much of an issue that you should be concerned about as a cruise visitor who's going there for a couple hours in the day. Again, every... State Department warning is different, and I do advise you to, to take a look at them, but don't let it scare you necessarily. Certainly, as we've seen in the past, if there is a major issue at hand, Royal Caribbean is not afraid to cancel sounds, again, Turkey being the prime example there. Uh, so, you know, take it take it with a grain of salt and, you know, keep that in, in, in back of your mind. Certainly make the right decision that you feel comfortable. At the end of the day, you've got to feel comfortable with it. And if you feel more comfortable staying on board the ship, then stay on board the ship. You should never overlook that as a potential option there. So thank you. Rich for that email. Good good topic right there. Uh, next, we have an email from Lauren Richardson, a.k.a. Wiki, who writes, uh, First off, I'm super excited to cruise with you and the Royal Caribbean Blog podcast listeners on Anthem of the Seas in July. I recently became a Royal Caribbean Blog insider. Shameless plug. My husband and I recently booked a 2020 10-night Greek island cruise out of Rome in May 2020. We also booked a French and Dutch cruise out of Southampton, England on Explorer of the Seas in October 2019 before the ship goes into dry dock. 
is there any information on what upgrades will be added when the ship goes into dry dock? Also, I saw somewhere that the timing of the upgrade was May 2020. Does that mean our cruise will be canceled? We booked this cruise last week. All right, good questions all around, Lauren. And by the way, Lauren, thank you for becoming a Royal Caribbean Blog Insider. Really appreciate your support. So let's answer your questions over here. In terms of, is there any information on what upgrades will be added uh, to explore the seas? The answer is not yet. Um, Lauren, Royal Caribbean tends to, with these upgrades, they tend to announce the change a little closer to your sale date, or certainly closer to your sale date than we are right now here in 2019. Keep in mind, Lauren, that we still don't know what Royal Caribbean is going to be adding to Voyager of the Seas or Oasis of the Seas, both of which are being upgraded this year, as opposed to next year for Explorers. So you got a little bit of time, and certainly as soon as we do know it, we'll post about it. I think that it stands to reason changes that you've seen to Navigator and Mariner of the Seas are in the ballpark of what you can expect, but by that same token... You know, what they added to Mariner was not the same thing they added to Navigator. So, Royal Caribbean very much is in the business of saying, okay, let's make the right decisions at the time and see what makes the most amount of sense. Because, obviously, what's available today and what makes sense to add today may not be the same as what's going to be make sense to add, you know, 6 or, or 12 months from now. So... Uh, it, it's it's good news, bad news, Lauren. The good news is, hey, that means there's always the potential of some more interesting and innovative changes coming to explore, not just, you know, the same old, same old. On the flip side of that, of course, you've got to wait and see what that actually is going to look like, and we may not know that for a little bit of time. Certainly, I'll post about it at royalcrimeanblog.com as soon as it does happen. And your other question was, uh, the upgrade is May 2020, and your sailing is October 2019. Uh, no, you're you you're probably out of the purview of the window of danger of a sailing being upgraded or being canceled because of upgrades. You know, I say this because with Navigator, this is we saw this where if you book a cruise, the up to two to three sailings after a upgrade, you should be prepared for, but not necessarily expecting changes, cancellations, or alterations to your sailing due to the upgrades. Generally speaking, Royal Caribbean's pretty good about when they when they plan for a a refurbishment of a ship that it's completed within the set amount of time. Now, Navigator of the Seas recently had an issue where one sailing got canceled. The next sailing, or the, I guess the first sailing, the first real sailing after dry dock is the first one that was canceled, uh, had some issues where some things were not quite available yet. And then, you know, even, I think even the third sailing, there were still maybe like, you know, one or two venues that were still being worked on. It's kind of the nature of the beast sometimes. You know, it, it's just like if you ever bring your car into the shop and you need to do some major work on it, inevitably, you almost expect it, right? You get the call from the mechanic, like, hey, working on your car, and uh, we discovered that your air filter needs to be replaced, and the brakes are looking a little weak, you know, and the transmissions, you know, those things that you, you can't see from the outside, you can't even feel them as the driver, it's something that just kind of, until you go under the hood, they occur. Same is true for ships refurbishments, and, you know, I don't want to scare anybody away from booking one of these sailings, I don't know that I would necessarily shy away from it. in fact, I remember years ago, I booked Navigator of the Seas for her refurbishment. It was the second sailing after she got back in, and there was no issues. And I don't recall there being any issues with Mariner of the Seas when she returned, Adventure of the Seas. So it's not to say they always occur. But you should know if you are booking a sailing, the first, I say, up to three sailings after a dry dock has occurred, there could potentially be some issues. Potentially. And that, again, that's just to paint the expectations. I would never sit here and say, oh, no, you should never worry about it. Because the, historically speaking, we've seen that occur from time to time. But it's not a guarantee. It's not that you should be worried about it. It's something to be aware of. And certainly, Lauren, for somebody who's going on a cruise in October, 
which is a number of months after her May 2020 upgrades, you'll be fine. You, it won't even, they'll be right in the swing of things. I don't think you'll have anything to worry about on your particular selling. So Lauren, thank you so much for the email. We have time for one more email here this week, and it is from John Aboule. Aboule? He gave me a pronunciation guide. I'm still screwing this up. Abe Ali. Abe Ali. There we go. Jonathan writes... Yeah, John... (laughs) You know what, Matt? You got to read the emails. John writes, our family of five, three kids, went on a great 14 nights Mediterranean cruise on Independence of the Seas in the summer of 2016. I binged your podcast prior to this trip and learned lots of great tips as this was our first welcoming cruise. Our kids still talk about it, including the red velvet cake. Our oldest son, who's now 16, showed us a YouTube video a few months ago about Symphony of the Seas, and we're now booked on the ship in July 2019. It'll be our first experience on an Oasis-class ship. Needless to say, I'm binging your podcast again in anticipation. My question for you is, give these strategies for rooms of families of five. Often, the suites are fully booked in advance, especially at peak times, and often, they have a limit of four people. Anyway, so we generally need to get two staterooms. Any hints at on this regard? John, uh, thanks for the email, and dude... Two rooms is definitely the way to go. I have a family of four, so two kids, not, you've got an extra one on me. But uh, this is probably, one of, I think, one of the biggest mistakes that a lot of first-time cruisers have, which is that, oh, we're a family of four, we're a family of five, or a family of eight, whatever the case may be. We should get a room to stay all in the same room together. It's a neat idea. On land, it makes a lot of sense. But on cruise ships, not so much. Because you really are limiting yourself to essentially suites and a few rando rooms on some ships that can accommodate larger families. But in in all situations, I think it's better to get two or more multiple rooms, I should say. And the reason for that, John, is simply because A, it's almost certainly going to be cheaper to get two smaller rooms and one large suite. Number two, it provides separation. Look, I love my kids, John. I'm sure you do as well. Uh, but sleeping in the same room as them? Not so much. It's not quite the same experience, and that's something you necessarily want to enjoy doing. So, I would say get two rooms because that gives you separation. The kids can go to sleep on their schedule. Now, my kids are a little younger than yours, obviously, so my kids need to go to sleep a little uh, earlier. So that allows us to close the connecting door between our rooms, and my wife and I can still watch TV. We can read the cruise episode, we can chat, and we sit on the balcony, but we're not disturbing the kids, right? By the same token, when we wake up earlier than they do, or they wake up earlier than we do. You know, again, we're not kind of conflicting. And connecting rooms is really good. Now, your kids are a little bit older, so if you're a little more comfortable with it, you don't necessarily need to go for the connecting rooms. Maybe get an adjacent room or just room across the hall or maybe you really want a room across the ship from your ship, from your kids. Hey, totally understand that as well. Uh, but it's definitely... And also, number three, you get an extra bathroom. Not all... Sometimes, sometimes suites do have extra bathrooms, but at least with this, with two rooms... You're getting separate bathrooms, full bathrooms, by the way, shower, sink, toilet, and obviously the larger the family, the more important that may be. So, yeah, John, I think definitely you're you're not going, you're not making a mistake or you're not missing anything. The suites are nice, and hey, if you can afford it and you can book it early enough to get one, it's great. But I'll tell you, I really feel financially and value-wise, you're better off getting multiple rooms just because of those benefits I mentioned earlier. So, John, thanks for the email. Thank you to everybody for checking out this episode of the Royal Caribbean Blog Podcast. Uh, you can always send me your emails at matt at royalcaribbeanblog.com. So until next time, I'm Matt Hotchberg, and we'll talk again soon.